Welcome to Triumphant's Podcast with Pastor Tanya, preaching on the Word of God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to know that, that our life is not our own? That we belong to Him this morning? God, we just worship you this morning. God, we're so grateful that, that even if we're rejected by the world, we belong to you, Lord God. But God, it's so good to know that we always have someone cheering for us. We always have you in our corner, Lord God. So God, I'm, I'm grateful this morning. God, we just worship you this morning. That our life is not our own, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. God, we worship you. God, we thank you. God, we bless you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we come to you this morning just to say thank you. God, we thank you, Lord God, that you see fit to call us by your name, Lord God. God, we are honored this morning that in spite of us, you still choose to love us, God. That in spite of us, God, you still choose to use us, God. That in spite of us, God, you still have purpose and destiny and calling on our lives, God. And for that, we are truly, truly grateful. God, we don't, we don't take it for granted that we are in this space this morning, God. Whether we are in this actual building or whether we are in our living rooms or God, the reality is we are in this sacred space this morning. And God, we pray that as we are in this sacred space, God, that we would hear from heaven on this morning. God, I think it is one of the greatest tragedies and travesties of this, of this modern day that we come to church out of ritual and routine without expecting you to do the miraculous. And so God, we pray that, that we won't see this as another Sunday morning service. God, we can't, we can't come to you Sunday after Sunday like it's just another Sunday, God. But God, we come to this sacred moment. God, we come to this sacred space that when this moment is over, when this time is done, that we will be forever changed, God. That we will be different, that we will be better, that we will be corrected, that we will be convicted, that our healing will begin, our deliverance will take place. God, please don't let us take this. It's just another Sunday morning come to meeting. But God, we are here to be transformed. God, we are here to get closer to who you have called us to be in this earth. So God, forgive us if we got 500 other things going on right now. Let us be still for the next 15 minutes, God. Just to hear from heaven. God, help us to be still in your presence so that we won't be in this same place. Not just by this time next year, but that we won't be in this same place by this time next week. Because we have submitted our lives to your transforming power. So God, we thank you and we bless you. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for this moment. Thank God for our, our birthday girl, our worship leader on this morning for blessing us. 
She makes it easy to come up and to minister the word of God when the atmosphere has been set. And so I'm, I'm grateful this morning. I'm grateful to Pastor Perrin who is sharing with us this morning. We won't see him for a while after this, but we are grateful for him um, today in the, in the building. Amen. Amen. And we, we celebrate his season of rest that is upon him. Uh, my husband is in the building with us this morning. Amen. Amen. I told him to come see all that goes on behind what he watches on YouTube. Amen. So he is in here this morning to our wonderful production team. These, these awesome musicians. Amen. I'm, I'm not a music person, so I don't, I don't know music like my husband does. And he always compliments. He said they got some awesome musicians. Um, at that, at the, at, at triumphant, and so I just thank God for you. Everybody that works makes this easy, Amen. So I celebrate our production team and all of you, Sister Fran, for serving so diligently this morning. We just thank God for the spirit of service, Amen, Amen. We're going to turn back to our same scriptures. Y'all going to know these scriptures by heart in a few weeks. We're going to read the Acts one first this morning, Acts chapter thirteen and verse twenty-two. Acts chapter 13 and verse 22. And it says, and when he had removed him, meaning when God had removed Saul, he raised up David to be their king of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. Genesis chapter eight and verse 22 Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22 and it reads while the earth remains seed time and harvest cold and heat summer and winter day and night shall not cease while the earth remains seed time and harvest cold and heat Summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. It's your season. It's your season. For those of you who are joining us for the first time this week, we began a series of sermons on last week that we will continue for the next few weeks simply entitled, It's Your Season. We looked at the fact that we are going to take some time looking at the life of, of David. Um, so much so because in the life of David, we see every possible season of life. We see him at his highest and at his lowest. We see him being hated and we see him being adored. We see him where he is king of all and we see when he is servant of none. And it's in his life that we learn what it means to be who God has called us to be. And, and, and I referenced last week and to clarify, I said it's the five prophetic seasons of David's life. And the reason I say they're prophetic because in what David went through, God is giving us an insight into what we will experience in this life. Understand this, that, that God didn't just allow David to go through what David went through for the sake of David. David went through all that he went through for the sake of you and for the sake of me. 
David experienced the highs and the lows and, and we had the privilege of having them written in this holy text so that we could get through the highs and the lows and the praises and the curses and the ups and the downs that are associated with this life. That, that's why they're, they're prophetic. They, they, they give us a guide. They give us a, a foresight. They give us a telling into what we will go through in different seasons of, of this life. Pastor Perrin said so eloquently in the welcome is that, that there's some things that we're going to make sure that we understand as we study seasons. Yeah. Number one, it's your season. <laughs> that, that's, I think, one of the biggest things. It's your season. That sometime in, in, this, in this, this, this area called churchdom, we are always waiting on our season. We are always waiting on our breakthrough. We are always waiting on our blessing. But the reality is if you're breathing, it's your season. You just got to understand what season you're in, but it's still your season. That's the thing. It's your season. So you can say that it's, it's my season. The next thing that we're going to understand is that God is the Lord of this season. No matter what is, it's not that he's just aware of the season. He is a Lord of this season. That means that there is a nothing that can happen to you at any season of your life that God is not aware of that God is not in control of, that God does not have authority of. So not only is it my season, but he's the Lord of this season. Isn't it good to know that my life is not my own? I'm going to tell you, you know how you hear songs over and over and over again, and then it hits you that time? This morning, it says, my life is not my own. That's why we get so messed up, saints of God, because we think our life is our own. We think we are responsible for our advancement. We are responsible for our breakthrough. We are responsible for our deliverance. We are responsible for all the good. God said your life is not your own. That's what it means when he's Lord of your season. You are not your Lord of your season. You don't have to manipulate your way into blessing and breakthrough. God is a Lord of your season. Your life does not belong to you. My life is not, my life is not my own. To you, I belong. And the final part is that even if this is not a, a good season, see, that's the thing we got to deal with. All seasons ain't good. When it's 102 outside, I don't care how much you like heat. That's not a good moment. That's not good. That's not a, a good season. But the reality is that even when it's not a good season, I guarantee you God's going to bring good out of it. That even if you're not in a good season, if you trust him to be Lord of your season, God's going to bring the good out of it. So we got that. It's your season. He's the Lord of the season and good's coming out of the season. If you don't get nothing else I say out of these next few weeks, it's your season. He's a Lord of the season and he's going to get good out of this season. Hallelujah. And, and, and the reason we're dealing with, with these seasons is I, I pray that as we complete it, as we live this life, that God will be able to say of us, as he said of David, and as it was known of David throughout scripture, that he was a man after God's own heart. In every up, Every down, every sin, every error, every mistake, every victory, it was still said of him huh, that he was a man 
after God's own heart. That, that, that's what I want God to be able to say, to say of me. That even when I fell short, that even when I, I didn't exactly meet the mark, that he could still look at my life and say, that's a woman after my own heart. Because I don't, I don't want it ever to be said of me was it was said of Saul. And that was it I regret <laughs> that I ever made him king. I don't want God to look at my life and look at my journey and say, I regret that I ever called her. That I regret that I ever called her from darkness into light. I want him to be able to say, that's a, that's a woman, that's a man after my own heart. So, so that's the goal of this season. For us, for God to be able to say that of us and for us to be able to say of him, I once was young. <laughs> and now I'm old. I've seen up, I've seen down, I've seen regret, I've seen sorrow. I once was young, I now am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed. That means not even your children. And nor your seed shall have to beg for bread. So last week we started with the Bethlehem season. The first season of David's life that we looked at was the Bethlehem season. And that is the season of being faithful in the small stuff. We looked at David's life as a shepherd in Bethlehem. We understood that the three things and the three lessons that we needed to learn from that was that what comes out of isolation, that he as a shepherd on the hillside by himself with those sheep, or as his brother called them, them few little sheep that you have to take care of, that, that it was just him and the Lord. But in those times of isolation, when you feel all alone, that's when you develop your identity in Christ. That's when you develop your intimacy with Christ. That's when you develop your relationship with Christ. Not in a crowd, not when a whole bunch of people are around, but it's when you are alone. So even though isolation can be tough, use that time to hear from your father. The next part was that in that season, that Bethlehem season, that lonely season, it was a season of preparation. It was a season of preparation. Yes, it was a lonely season. Yes, it was a lowly season. It's so lowly that when, when Samuel came to the house, they didn't even bother to get David from the field. So yeah, he wasn't necessarily high on anybody's totem pole. He wasn't high on anybody's list of people to know. But in that season, God was preparing him for greater. So don't, 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 don't despise the small things because in that Bethlehem season, God is preparing you for better. God is preparing you for greater. And then finally in that season, we talked about the great awakening. When, when, when Samuel anointed David as the next king of Israel, for the first time in his life, he realized that there was something more to him. You know, sometimes you can go through life and, and just think that you're always going to be where you're always going to be. And you're going to always do what you've always done. And then you have an awakening when God comes to you and helps you to realize that there's more to your life than what's in front of you. And David realized it didn't matter how people accepted him, how people treated him. He had a calling on his life that could not be denied. And so now we get into this next season. This is the season. It's called the Gibeah season. And this is the season that is the test of promotion. The test of promotion. Now, now I didn't say the blessing of promotion. Uh, 
I said the test of promotion. It, it, it's, it's a whole new, it's a whole new season, y'all. It's the test of early, the test of early promotion. If you would, real brief, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to spend some time in 1 Samuel for the next few weeks. I'm going to go back and forth. Just, I do that so y'all know I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not making this up as I go along. So, here in this season, this, give me a season of early promotion. It says, therefore, Saul sent messages to Jesse and said, send me David, your son, who's with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them by David, his son, to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service, and Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. Understand what, what, what has happened. Remember when Samuel anointed David as, as king? He, he pulled him out still ruddy and dirty from the field. And, and after they didn't even call him to the house to meet Samuel, they realized that was the one that Samuel had come looking for. And so what happened was, and we learn it in verse 14 of that same passage, is that when God's anointing fell on David, it was immediately removed from Saul. So imagine, because Saul had gotten so far away from God, he didn't even realize probably what had happened to him. And, and, and you know how you get so used to just doing something that you think it's you? Y'all know how? You, you think it's you that gets up and goes to work every morning? It's you that puts in your eight hours. It's you that stands up to sing. It's you that stands up to preach. My life is not. We forget that Saul had forgotten that. So he had been ruling these people for all of this time. But but now the, the, the God's anointing has left him. And he doesn't even know it. But all he knows is he's losing his mind. And you know what? Can I share something with you? That's what happens when God's presence and spirit leaves you. See, and, and sometimes God has to remind us. That it's not us. <laughs> he has to remind us. This was never about you. This was never about your anointing. This was never about your gift. This was about what I had called you to do. And Saul had forgot that. So God removed himself from Saul. And Saul could not even function anymore. Verse 14 in that same passage says, Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. Understand where, where, where I'm going. So Saul is, 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 is having a mental breakdown, but he's still king. He's, he's having a mental breakdown. And so his, his servants, the people around him, get the idea, let's bring somebody to him to help soothe his soul, to, to play some music for him. Y'all, music is powerful. 
It is. That's why you just can't let anybody, like I always say, you can't let anybody stand in, your, in the pulpit God has called you to to preach. You can't let anybody just lead your congregation in worship. Because there's this power in, in music and in, in the ministry that is music. And so they said, let's, let's find somebody. Somebody recommended David. How did they even know? I said, when, when, when God has something for you, understand this, your gift will always make room for itself. Saints of God, when God has something on you, you don't have to advertise it. Your gifts will always make room. So they called David. Look, look at this. David, same David, same dirty David, same shepherd David, same David anointed king backward. David plays the harp. So he knows who David is and goes, that's the son of Jesse. They go get him and they come. And it says Saul found favor. With, with David. Now, now understand, we're still in the season of, of Gibeah and the, the test of early promotion. Two major things happen in Gibeah. David goes from being in the field all day with sheep to living in the king's palace. Get, get where I'm going. He gets from being the least of his brothers to he is now armor bearer to the king. God literally snatches him from Bethlehem, puts him in the capital of Saul's government in Gibeah. The little ruddy boy is now sitting next to the king, keeping him calm. The same David is now sitting in the palace day after day. Now, that's the first thing. This is also the season where he was still going back and forth to his dad to check on the sheep. And this was also the season when he would come that day and see the champion of Gath standing up and, and, and say, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll fight him. And so little ruddy shepherd boy David is not only armor bearer to the king, but now he's the savior of Israel. He has become literally from a nobody to everybody. From nobody knowing him to everybody knowing him. He's got the ear of the king, the heart of the king. The people are praising him. The women are singing about him. Ooh, Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his ten thousands. David has all the attention, all the glory, all the, 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 the accolades that we as human beings want. And now David is in danger. Because this is the test of what you do when you are promoted. See, see, this is the test that now that you're not in the field, now that you're in the palace, now that you're not a nobody, now that they know your name and they sing your praise, are you still going to be the same David? Somebody got to hear me now. Are you still going to be that same David who could close his eyes as the sun set and have peace with the father? But you've been promoted. You feel 
feeling kind of, feel kind of good. Let, let me, let me explain something. When people begin to call your name, it, it, it makes you feel good. And if it doesn't, it, you're not probably not telling the truth. When people recognize you, it, 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 it feels good. It does. And that's where the test comes in. And so that's what we're going to look at in this test of, of Gibeah. What do we do when we're promoted? What do we do when we now have the favor of man? See, understand this. David always had the favor of God. That wasn't the issue. He was born with the favor of God. He tended sheep with the favor of God. He was anointed because of the favor of God. Now he has the favor of men. And things begin to shift in our world when we get the favor of men. So what is the lesson? What is the test in Gibeah? First, it's a test of your character. It's a test of your character. Let me explain this. That there are people who have gifts that can take them places their character can't keep them. This is the test of your character. That are you still going to be the same servant? Are you going to still have the same heart? Are you still going to have the same passion? Are you still going to have the same commitment? that you did when you were taking care of those little sheep. Real quick, Proverbs. I'm going to read this real quick. Give me a minute to get there. Proverbs chapter 21. Thank you, Lord. Give me a second. I'm going to read, we got to read this scripture. Even if it takes me a minute to find it, this, this is one of those scriptures that needs to be read. Proverbs 27 and 21. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 21. It took me so long to get there. You should have been able to get there by now. And it says this, and I'm reading it from the Message Bible just because of how it reads. It simply says this. The purity of silver and gold is tested by putting them in the fire. The purity of human hearts is tested by giving them a little fame. <laughs> you see why I had to read that scripture? Silver and gold is tested by putting them in the fire. But if you want to test the purity of the human heart, give it, it's in a little fame. <laughs> Just a little bit of fame. Just a little fame. And, and, and see, this, and see what, what begins, begins to happen. And so that is what is happening now in, in David's world. When you get to a season where God is elevating you, because elevation does come. When God is promoting you, when favor, you have the favor of, of man. None of those things are bad things. But you've got to make sure that you are still serving an audience of one. You have to still make sure that God is your aim and his voice is your pleasure. 
And so that's where David finds himself. And, and, and he had to make sure that it didn't matter what the people were saying. He had to remember what God had said. And let me tell you why it's so important. Because the same people that will praise you one day, they will curse you another day. The same people who love you on this end, they'll talk about you on that end. And if you find your, your confidence, hear what I'm saying. If you find your confidence and your strength from the voices of people, those same people can zap your confidence and your strength. If you find and allow people to put you on a pedestal, those same people have the authority to take you off that pedestal. But when you allow God to elevate you, when you allow God to sing your praise, that means the whole world can be talking bad about you. But when your confidence is in your king, when your confidence is in God, the whole world can think you are crazy and you can hold your head up and say, I'm preaching for an audience of one. David couldn't get yoked up in the praise of the people. It's a danger to, to, to do and make decisions based on what people are going to think and how people are going to react and how on people are going to feel. Because see, what happens is when, when, when this test of character comes, if you are so enthralled and so enamored by the praise of people, you will do things that will make the people happy and make God mad. I said, when you focus on the praise of man, you will do things that make man happy and make God angry. That we've got to be careful so that when we are doing things, because our life is not our own, that we may have to do some things that make us look bad, but make God look good. I'm, I'm going to say that again. In this season, in this test of character, there are going to be times that you may have to look weak, that you may have to look like you don't know what's going on, but your goal is not to make yourself look good. It's to make, it's to make God look good. Do you understand that that's why David fought Goliath in the first place? I don't think we, we get that. That's why David fought Goliath in the first place. It wasn't so that people could say Saul killed his thousands and David killed his ten thousands. He didn't want to fight Goliath for the fame. He didn't. That's what happened. But he didn't go to fight Goliath for the fame. He didn't go to fight Goliath for the notoriety. He didn't go to fight Goliath so that they would, would think better than me. I'm tired of them thinking I'm too little. I'm tired of them calling me the youngest. I'm tired. That was not his intention. This is what upset David. When he saw that giant mocking the children of the king he saw and these were his words this is one of my I told you I don't know if I said I'm gonna say about five more times for this series my favorite scripture in the bible who is this uncircumcised Philistine who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God in other words who is this man who is not in covenant, has not had relationship, has not been called, has not been set apart, is not a 
the living God. It had nothing to do about David proving himself. It had nothing to do about David showing who he was. It had everything to do about God, about God being shown in David's life. David wanted to show who God was. So that's why when they gave him human weapons, he's like, I don't even need them. Because this thing was never about him. It was about God. Ask yourself, why do I do what I do? (laughs) Why do I do what I do? Am I trying to get them to sing my name? Am I trying to get them to praise me? Am I trying to to be made known? Or am I doing it for the glory of God? Check your motives. Do you know you can do the right thing with the wrong motive? You can do the right thing with the wrong heart and God still not be glorified. And so the the, the beauty in David and Goliath was that he he didn't go for fame. He went because like, y'all not going to trip. Y'all not going to make my God look like he can't deal with this giant. He said, we're children of the promise. God, do y'all realize that? I told you, that's, that's my favorite, I, I, favorite, I say, I call, that's my Christian swear word. <laughs> when people trip, I say, who is this uncircumcised? <laughs> I don't say it out loud, because uncircumcised is not a word you just throw around. <laughs> but, but sometimes you just got to, when, when, when you know what God has called you to do and you know who God has called you to be and you know that God has opened doors and God is, and, and people are tripping and they're called, you say, who is this uncircumcised real estate? And you just smile. You okay? Oh, I'm good. Who is this uncircumcised real estate? Did they think they can defy what God's doing in my life? Promotion is good. Favor is good. But it'll test your character. Understand that blessings can test you just like adversity can. You know people can get a new job and can't serve in church anymore. Did you know that? I know it doesn't happen here, but it's happened in places I've been before. You can get the promotion that you ask the people to come and fast with you about. And then all of a sudden, I don't, well, you know, I have to do X and I have this and I have this and I, I have the, the same people that, that, that prayed you to that next level. That now you don't have time for, you don't, you don't, that, that's the test of Gibeah. That when, when God answers your prayer, now you, you have the new car and you don't, you don't have to bum a ride. You don't have to Uber it. That you're going to still get to church on time. Some of y'all, we did better on the bus than we did after we got our own car. You know why? Because the bus route is straight. You know how many tow, it's been so long, tow, whatever. But the car, you can kind of, you, you got a little freedom. And see, we take our freedom and, and, and it, it's a test of our character. So I'm not saying, please, please don't misunderstand me. Favor is a good thing. 
Favor of man is not a bad thing. The Bible says that when he prayed for Jesus, he said that he would grow in stature and in favor with God and man. So favor with man is not a bad thing, but it'll test your character. And so when God begins to open the doors, remember who you are. Remember who you're connected to. Remember who was with you when you were by yourself and tears were rolling down your eyes. Remember when it was just you and nobody knew your name and nobody recognized your gift and nobody recognized your calling and it was just God saying, I love you and God saying, I called you and God said, I'm going to keep you. Remember that time and let that be the focus in your time of fame because that's the test of your, your character. Your character. I'm more drawn to character than I am to charisma. Because I, it's a lot of gifted people out here. But it's a lot of trifling gifted people out here. And you know what? Because from the time they were very young, people focused on their, their gifts. And they never challenged them to be a better person. I know you can play, baby, but do you love God in the pardon of your sins? I know you can sing, but are you relying on your gift or you're relying on the anointing? I know that when you stand up and I was one of those kids, I could stand up and I could read a scripture and everybody, oh, look at God. Look at, oh yeah, but, but, but am I living like that when I go to school? Or did I know how to code switch from church to school? I did. Don't focus on the gift without developing their, their character. Let me, let me move on, because I could, I could stay on character a, a long time, but, but, but not only is Gibeah the test of your character, it's the test of your commitment. It's a test of your commitment. You know what's so interesting? That David now, he's he big time. Just imagine you were in high school and somebody asked you to come and, and intern at the White House. That's what just happened to him. As a teenager, he's now the armor bearer to the king. But guess what? His daddy was still poor. <laughs> His daddy still couldn't hire somebody to take care of them few little sheep. So guess what David did? He would serve the king all day, go check on his dad, check on the sheep, go back to the king's palace. Go back to the king, pray for, a, and you can imagine how, how much was going. He had to pl play for a crazy person. And he would serve, and then the Bible tells us that he would still go back and check on those few little sheep and check on his dad. That's how he ended up bringing lunch to his brothers, by the way. You get what I'm saying? He was at the palace. He went home to check on his dad. His dad said, hey, can you take this? To your brothers before you go back to the to the palace you know you he was going back and, forth. and here's another thing I'm gonna I'm I'm say I'm gonna pause right there this is something the Lord shared with me a lot of times when we're waiting on our increase and we're waiting on our elevation we have a tendency to try to just do nothing he he, he was working two jobs y'all understand that David had two two jobs while he was waiting on his kingdom to come. I'm going to say that again. He had two jobs. He wouldn't just sit, well, 
I, that's not really the position that that I'm called to do. So I'm just, I know what I'm doing. I know where my, he had two jobs. Let, let me, we, sometimes we've got to humble ourselves to do what God has put before us. Because when we do that, and we know that we're committed to his voice, not the status. Because see, some jobs we don't take because they don't match my status. And, and, and so even though it, it looked, I can't, I can't take that job. It'll, it'll keep me, but it ain't, no, 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 no. You, you know who I am? Do you know why I went to school? Do you know? Sometimes, baby, you got to spend some time just in a, in a lower position. Trust God that he is the Lord of your life. And you are not your own. And in due season, God will elevate you. I'm going to tell y'all something. You will fail every time trying to elevate yourself. You may sneak and you may connive and you may trip and you may steal. But the thing is, the same thing you had to do to get there is what you're going to have to do to stay there. So my thing is, I'm going to trust God to get me there because then all I got to do is stay there is to trust God. It's a test of your commitment. Just because you, you, you got a title now, you can't pick up the trash off the floor. Just, just because you, 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 you got a little notoriety, you can't, you can't work it with the children anymore. You, 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 you get what up? It's, it's a test of your commitment. Yes, I, I, I know I got, I got elevated. I know I got it, but I'ma serve just like I did when I was in the, when I was with the sheep. This is the test of early promotion. See, here's the thing. When we fail these tests, we stay in seasons longer than we need to. When we fail these tests, we stay in seasons longer than we need to. Just like in school, when you fail the test, ain't nobody putting you in the next grade. They're going to they keep, they're going to say, you, I've seen, I've seen y'all, some of y'all going, I've seen this before. Because it's the same test. Different city, different age, same test. Are you committed to the cause of Christ? Are you committed to the cause of Christ? Or are you committed to your own self? I like that. Check your commitments. Check. That's what the season of Gibeah is. Check your commitments. So verse, it's a test of your character. Second, your commitment. And finally, your calling. It's a test of your calling. What do you mean? Comfortable. Being comfortable can be a detriment to your calling. I don't care how saved you are. Or maybe you just more saved than I am. I love comfort. I, I'm not one of those people that pray for hard times and pray for discomfort or pray for challenge. I love, we like when life is comfortable. But sometimes when we're too comfortable, we don't move. When we are comfortable, we don't heed, we don't listen, we don't change. Here's my point. 
David is finally comfortable. He got a good job in the king's palace. Got a salary. Got a little, you know, probably benefits. He's got notoriety. People are singing his praise. But that's not what God called him to do. God did not call him to be an armor bearer to the king. I'm, I'm going to say that again. He's comfortable. He's better off than he's ever been. I said he's better off than he's ever been. He's got more money than he's ever had. He's got more fame than he's ever had. He's got more recognition than he ever had. But he's still not where God called him to be. God never called him to be armor bearer to the king. God called him to be the king. <laughs> and so when promotion comes and favor comes, you are so grateful that you're not at the bottom of the bucket anymore that you can get comfortable where you are and forget that greater still awaits. I said, you can get comfortable where you are and forget to tune in that greater still awaits. See, some of us, as long as our bills are paid and our, our children are okay, we, we, we good. And I'm, I'm going to tell you that I've learned this from my own life. That's why God disrupts our comfort to get our attention. Baby, you will never be what I've told you to be and what I've called you to be if you stay in this place. And so he disrupts our comfort. We, we, think, we think it's the enemy. Oh, the enemy to come. And no, God said, nope, not this time. That was me. Because you're not where you're supposed to be. You were supposed to be here for a season, not settled for your lifetime. And so... It's in this season of Gibeah that you get comfortable and things are, are clear before you and it's only going back to your time that you spent in Bethlehem. God, what is it that you're calling me to do? Where are you calling me to be? What is the anointing that's really on my life? And so God has to make you uncomfortable. He has to, to take someone that you relied on, that you depended on, and they, they're not there anymore. God said, I'm not punishing you. I'm trying to promote you. He said, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not punishing you. This is, not a, this is not a struggle because of sin. This is a struggle because of purpose. Do y'all understand that every struggle, every tear is not because you are in sin. It's because God is trying to do something in your life. And he knows we don't move when we're comfortable. We don't move. That's why some of us fall asleep on the couch. I'm comfortable. You don't see people falling asleep all night in a folding chair. Because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. So it makes you want to get up and get to another place. So God has to make you uncomfortable. So that you realize this is not where you're supposed to be right now. 
I'm trying to get you someplace. I'm trying to do something in your life. Like I said, comfort, comfort, comfort can be detrimental to your calling. So as they say, don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise your discomfort. Don't, don't, give, don't give the devil credit for what God is doing in your heart right now. When you're not as good as you, God said, I'm trying to do something. I'm trying to move you to realize this is not where you stop. I said, this is not, that's, I, God said, this is not where you stop. I know you're good, baby, but this is not the end point. This is where I've taken you, but you've got to get in tune to that voice you heard in Bethlehem to realize that I have more for you. I have greater for you. Remember what I told you? You are the next king of Israel. Don't get comfortable being an armor bearer when I've called you to be king. Don't be comfortable playing the harp when I've called you to be the king. It's the season of Gibeah, the test of early promotion, the test of favor. It's a test of your character. Are you going to be the same person here when you were driving your Kia? As you are when you're driving your Beamer. Are you going to be the same person you were when, tell me your name again. Who are you? Who are you? And then everybody knows. Are you, are you going to be the same person? Because here's the thing. God is going to keep you in this season until he develops your character. Because if he elevates you before he elevates your character, you'll go somewhere and mess yourself up and him up. He said, you're going to mess you up and me up. So I'm going to keep you here because I'm building your care. And it's a, it's a test of your commitment. It's a test of your commitment. Just because you got a, a new title, you too good to go take care of them sheep? You too good to go take somebody something to eat, pick somebody up from church? Call them and check on them. It's a test of your commitment. And don't you dare get comfortable as an armor bearer. Don't get comfortable playing the harp. Don't get comfortable as the assistant to the king when God has called you and told you that you are the king. I know life is better than it's ever been. But God said, I'm, I'm making things uncomfortable to get you to where you need to be. It's your season. I said, it's your season. But even in the season of favor and promotion, it's still a test that we have to pass. A test of your character, a test of your commitment, and a test of your calling. That we can truly say, my life is not my own. But I'm going to honor God in everything that I do. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for your grace. 
for your mercy. God, thank you for making me uncomfortable to remind me of who and what you've called me to be. Thank you, God, for unsettling my heart so that I know I can't stop here. But I have to keep going. I have to keep seeking. I have to keep searching for what you've called me to do in this season. God, may I be the same person when I had nothing and no one knew who I was. That when I had the earthly material things and, and the fame and the and the grace and the, all those things that, that my heart will still only pant for you. So God, we thank you for these seasons of our life. May we grow from them. May we learn from them so that we can be who you've called us to be. So God, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about Triumphant Church, visit us at thetriumphantchurch.org or you can contact us at 301-559-2200.